Greetings in, in Jesus' name, and I welcome each and every one of you to this portion of the service here today. Today, uh, we are going to take a look at Ecclesiastes again, and uh, as we venture forward, I do have one praise report before I start today, and I woke up this morning with one of those headaches, and as I was looking at what to share here today, I just, I just asked God, I said, God, if, if you could... I'd appreciate it not being here for today for the sermon. And I got a praise report is I don't have it anymore. And I give God the glory. I don't say that for me. I say that strictly because my God did that for me. Um, if he'd have left me have it, I trust that I could have shared something that would be uh, helpful for you today. But I'm thankful that God did that and cleared up my mind or just, just a headache uh, when they come, sometimes they're a little bit uh, hard to concentrate, but thankful for God for what he did for me today already. And I do appreciate what that was shared today. Aaron, I really appreciate the songs. I, uh, Jesus signed my pardon. I know it used to be our national anthem here at church. Uh, it has kind of faded over the last four or five years. I don't know if we're slacking or what, but that's okay. I, uh, I, it does bring back good memories, and I am so very grateful that Jesus signed my pardon. Uh, today, I'm going to jump into Ecclesiastes 7, starting in verse 15. Before I get started, I'd like to remind us, chapter 6 through 8 run together as a, as a block. And in chapter 6, it says Solomon's practical, or practical counsel, and I'd like to think of that. And I do want us, uh, just a few comments here. Solomon is showing us that having the right attitude about God can help us deal with the present day injustices of life. Prosperity is not always good. Adversity is not always bad. But God is always good, and if we live as he wants us to, we can be content. Uh, I'm going to choose to share it out of chapter 7, and that is a paradox, a seemingly absurd or self-contradicting statement. That when investigated or explained can provide founded and true statements. So I just want you to think about those two. I know I shared them last Sunday with you too. But um, I do feel it is, is so, so very true as we look at Ecclesiastes. And when I, when I say that, my heart is heavy. And my heart does go out to Benny's last night and, and Ellis's and and, you know, we can all sit here in church and say, well, it don't matter and things don't matter, but it is hard to deal with. And that is part of life, part of the injustices of life. And I believe that is what God, what Solomon is sharing here is life is not necessarily just as we see it in our humanistic eyes. But I do want you to rest assured that God is. And that's what I'd like us to hone in on today. Starting in uh, verse 15, I'll read to the end of the chapter, and actually the first verse of uh, chapter 8 of Ecclesiastes 7. I have seen everything in my days of vanity. There is a just man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs life in his wickedness. Do not be overly righteous, nor be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Do not be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp this, and also not remove your hand from the other. For he who fears God will escape them all. Wisdom strengthens the wise, more than ten rulers of the city. For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. 
Also, do not take to heart everything people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. For many times also your, heart, your own heart has known that even you have cursed others. And this I have provided by wisdom. I say, I will be wise, but it is far from me. As for that which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can find it out? I applied my heart to know, to seek and, or to search and seek out wisdom and the reason of things, to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. And I found more bitter than death the woman whose heart is, is snares and nets, whose hands are fetters. He who pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be trapped by her. Here's what I have found, says the preacher, adding one thing to another to find out the reason, which my soul still seeks, but I cannot find. One man among a thousand I have found, but a woman among all these I have not found. Truly, this only I have found, that God made man upright, but they have sought out many, many schemes. Who is, wise, who is like a wise man, and who knows the interpretation of a king? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the sternness of his face is changed. Taking a backing up there to verse uh, 15, and, and uh, last time I shared just a little bit as we were finishing up there, and it says in verse 13, it says, Consider the work of the Lord who, who, can, make, who can make straight what he has made crooked. And just the whole fact that God has done what God has done, and we cannot change it. I do believe that is a true statement. I do believe that when God sets something in order, we can't, if he's made it crooked, we cannot make it straight. If he's made it straight, we can't make it crooked because God is God. And I want us to think about that as we look at these injustices of life. And, and then he says, Who is a just man who perishes in his righteousness or a wicked man who prolongs his life? And I've stumbled through that a little bit because I asked the question, we live in a fallen, actually let me back, we live in a fallen world and we know that. But things don't always make sense. And I believe this is where God has given us a dose of reality, if I can call it that, in today's world. And he says, you know, there, there is a just man who perishes in his righteousness. And a wicked man who seemingly lives and lives and lives in his wickedness. And you would say, now, come on, God, what, what really are you doing here? But here's where I, I believe that we cannot look at it in that measure and say, why, God? Why has this come? This person was a good person. Why did you take him? This person lives in his wicked, awful sin. He kind of deserves to go. Kind of tread when I say that. Because God is God. We are not. That's what I encourage you no matter how we look at that. But I, I do believe that we are not to argue with God. God does call us to call out to Him in prayer and supplication. But we must, live, must recognize that we live in a fallen world. And when I say that, I don't believe that we don't call out and we don't ask God to, to help us through a situation. We, don't, we, don't fall on our, we should fall on our knees and beg God. And it says, seek and you shall find. And we call out to him because he is our God, our maker. It were the smallest thing, like my headache this morning, or the biggest thing that we don't know how we're going to get out of. I believe that we should call out to God. So I don't think we, when I say this stuff, I'm not saying here, don't, don't even try. That's not my point. 
My point is we have to recognize that God is a just God, no matter if it goes the way we had hoped or not. <laughs> Moving on to verses 16, 17, and 18 there. And, and 16 has, has really kind of puzzled me a little bit. It says, uh, Do not be overly righteous, nor be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Now, Maybe I'm only the one who uh, thinks this way, but I mean, if you're righteous, is a good thing, right? I mean, I think it's a good thing to be a righteous person, an upright person. Uh, but I think what he's trying to explain here is he's saying, do not be overly self-righteous. Because when we become overly self-righteous, we put our righteousness into our very religious or righteous acts that we have done. Now think about that a little bit. So if we are saying that I have done this, and I have done this, and I have done this, pretty soon we have taken our righteousness, which is all filthy rags, unless it's under the grace of Jesus Christ and given by God, and said, I have done something. And once we've said that I have done something, and we believe that in our hearts, we have taken away the very need of salvation. And we are starting to worship the creator, I mean the creation, instead of the creator. Let me get that right. Because that is one of our big misinterpretations of today. We like to worship the creation instead of the creator. We like to bring attention to ourselves. We like to say, look at what all I've done. I've been a good person. I should deserve to live many, many, many days and enjoy my retirement once I'm done. Not necessarily. Because we are worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Do not be overly wise. I believe that when we become overly wise, we think that we have it all together. We think that we have all of it together and that we can deal with anything. We become full of pride and self-denial of who we really are. Pride becomes a part of our life. And we are convinced that we are right. Now here, I'm not, I want to preface this. Um, we have to have self-confidence, but our confidence has to come from Jesus Christ. Because when Christ came and he died on the cross... Or he came as a babe, which we're going to celebrate here this season. And he died on the cross for you and me. He did it because he loved you so very much, which makes you worth mountains of gold. Or the biggest thing you can think about of preciousness is you are way more than anybody, any of that because of what Jesus did for you. Because he loved you. When he took them crown of thorns and he took them scourgings, he did it because he loved you. And that's where your confidence comes from. So when I say that, you know, self-righteousness, we don't have to be just these humble people that say, I can't do anything right and, you know, walk around with our head down. I believe that we can walk in a humility with Jesus Christ. But we dare not be conceited in our own abilities. And we must be open to the fact that others might need to help us. I believe when we become overly self-righteous and wise in our own eyes, we become very hardened to anybody else who really cares for us. Are you overly righteous in your own eyes? You ask yourself that question. 
Verse 18, for he who fears God will escape them all. And I, and I just bring that up in a little tiny bit because I believe that is the answer to all of these things that Solomon is talking about here. And we'll get into that probably down the road if the Lord leads that direction because I don't want it all to be uh, vanity uh, grasping for the wind as Solomon continues to state. I do believe there is an end to this. And one of these ends is he who fears God will escape. And is the fear of God in your life? Are you self-indulgence? Are you self-righteous? Or are you, have you came to that fear and reverence of our Lord and Savior? And accepting that love that Christ has put on our heart. And accepting that God put me here for a purpose. God has me here. I don't know what's going on in all of your lives. And I don't know anything. I mean, the past hurts. I, there's people that have come here. And, and I'm so grateful that I've, I've learned to know in each and every one of you. But I do know that God loves you. He knows who you are. He knows the very fact of all the hurts and pains. Each one of us have a story to tell. Each one of us have been hurt somewhere. But each one of us have the blood of Jesus Christ to be an overcomer. And that's what I want you to understand for me today here is, is all of this stuff he's stating. He says, he who fears God, who has the reverence of our Lord and Savior, who understands that he died for me as a basic principle and the reverence and the honor of our Lord and Savior. I believe that if we are going to fear, then we have to trust him. And when I say trust him, that all sounds good on a Sunday morning while we're all sitting on our church clothes in a warm building and it's cold outside. But I believe we have to trust him when the, die, the young die. And we say they're too young. I believe we have to trust him when the economy is falling apart and not going as we expected it to go. I believe we have to trust him when the elections don't go as we might think they should. I believe we have to trust him when anything doesn't make sense anymore. And that doesn't mean it's easy. When your world is falling apart, I believe we have to come to the basics of Jesus Christ and fear and trust him. Moving on to 19. Solomon says, Wisdom strengthens the wise more than ten rulers of the city. And, and I'd like us to think about wisdom as we end up in, in uh, chapter 7 here. And... Uh, I think what Solomon is stating there when he says it strengthens the wise is more than 10 rulers of the city. So these rulers of the city, you might say, are very smart men. You know, these are the guys that are in charge of the city. He says wisdom strengthens the wise. It's more than these guys. And I believe he says that because it is far superior to anything in the world. You can take the smartest, smartest innovator in the world, the smartest economist in the world, the smartest and best businessmen in the world. Everything the world has taught. They may have more letters behind their name from degrees, or they may just have a degree in hard knocks. They've learned the hard way. Wisdom is more than any earthly knowledge or understanding you can receive. This statement comes from Chris Beam, and I found it online. I'm not even sure who Chris is, but... I felt the statement was very prevalent for today. True wisdom cannot be found under the sun. So when he, that statement is true wisdom cannot be found in this worldly sense. 
It requires a divine perspective. The only way you can obtain a divine perspective is through the filling of the Holy Spirit. It has came from a source outside of yourself. And I, and I mention that to you because I believe the only way we are going to be a people that is full of wisdom and walk as a wise person is if we allow the Holy Spirit to fill our life to recognize that we are here for a purpose, that God has given us a purpose to be here and that he loves us and to trust him wholeheartedly with our life. We have to get rid of ourselves and our motives and we have to call out to God for that wisdom. That wisdom's not going to come because I've made a lot of good choices. Good choices aren't wrong. We might get smarter. Verse 20 says, There is not a, a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. And we have to remember that. There is not a man on earth who does good and does not sin. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. And that's our very first preface. That's why I believe that, that this strength and this, this, uh, this wisdom can come from our searching and are opening ourselves up to Jesus Christ. And when he infills us with the Holy Spirit is where we can start walking with him. Not by me making a whole bunch of good choices. Them are good. It's better to make good choices than bad choices. I'll agree with you. But the wisdom of Christ comes from a life of living with him. Verses, the rest of the chapter here. I'd like to look at verse 23. And all, all this I have proved by wisdom. I said, I will be wise, but it is far from me. So here we have, as I've said before, we're not 100% sure, but I do believe Solomon wrote this. So Solomon is known for what? Wisdom. The wisest man that ever lived, right? And he says, this is his, I will be wise, but it is far from from me. I find that very, very, very interesting because in 24, as for that which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can find it out? I applied my heart to know to circumcise wisdom and the reason of things, and that's verse 25 there. But I, I feel like what he was saying is people live their life and they want wisdom, so they search after it in a humanistic way and they leave God out of that. Well, then when the injustices of life happen to us, when it's not our fault, we made a good choice and something bad happened. We wrestle with that because we have not went to the true source of wisdom, the fear and the trust in our Lord and Savior, the, the, the wisdom that comes only from God above. And he said, I searched after it and it is a far way off. And this is what we call the wisest man. So who are we? I do believe verse 26 just the end there it says but the sinner shall be trapped by her and Psalm is referring to um, the women with heart of snares and, and uh, nets but I would like to just take that last phrase but the sinner shall be trapped If you are here today and you are not willing 
to open up your life and say, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. If we do not recognize that we are a fallen people, then don't even ask yourself why you're not a wise person. I believe that sin will trap you. And it will keep you longer than you ever wanted it to. But if we are not willing to clean out our hearts first, if we are willing to live a life of sin, and then just expect magically we can live a wise life, it's false. The wisdom comes from God. God only comes in and dwells our heart when we are willing to get rid of the sin that's in there. So I believe we will be trapped in our sin unless we give it to Christ. Wisdom, and this is what we've been talking about a little bit here this morning, will teach us not to expect others to be faultless because we are not faultless. Wisdom gives us advice on how to conduct ourselves, how to live a life for Jesus Christ, how to be a serving people, how to be a giving people, how to follow Christ's word. I think that's what wisdom does for us. But that comes through the indwelling of Jesus Christ and us opening our life, saying, God, I want to walk with you. I want to get rid of the old. I want to put on the new. And I want to know how to care better. I want to know how to give better. I want to know how to serve better. I want to know how to follow your word 100% sold out for you. And I think that's where wisdom starts to come in. Verse 29. He says, Just truly I have found that God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. So I got, I got this one thing to mention, or a couple things here yet in closing to mention. If we are trapped in sin, or we are trapped in our own self-righteousness, our own self-indulgence, if we are trapped in a life that we don't know how to get out of, don't blame God. Don't blame God. I believe when he says, but they have sought out many schemes. Our sinful nature has sought out many schemes for our own selfishness. So I ask you this question here as we close out chapter 7. Are you operating out of wisdom by God's grace? By God's grace. Not your own earthly wisdom, but wisdom that comes from God. Are you operating out of wisdom by God's grace or your own abilities? Chapter 8, verse 1. Who is like a wise man? And who knows interpretation of a king? A man's wisdom makes his face shine and the sternness of his face is changed. I believe that wisdom is the ability to see life from God's perspective and then know the best course of action. And that is a big, big statement. I'm not here sharing this with you today because I have it together. I'm here sharing you with this today because I feel it's something God got on my heart that I need to understand better. I need to understand that life from God's perspective is a lot of times different than it is from mine. Because I live in this humanistic world and I think, you know, hey... If I'm a good person, we should be rewarded, right? Not necessarily. We talked about that last time. 
Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear, is the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of, of the Holy One is understanding. Once again, we go back, the fear of the Lord. It is God that gives us the beginning of wisdom. The respect and the honor for our Lord and Savior is what will bring wisdom to you. And the knowledge of the Holy One, understanding that Jesus Christ is the reason we can rejoice today, is understanding. I'm going to leave that with you in closing here today, that wisdom comes from knowing and trusting God. Ask each one of you to search your own life and ask yourself that question. When he talks about being overly righteous, when he talks about indulgence, are we, in verse 18, are we fearing the Lord in truth? Or are we relying on our own abilities? May God bless you.